Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Protest girl in Puerto Rico, AMA demands for higher wages. Haitian garment workers protest to demand higher wages. IMF gives high marks to Antigua and Barbuda's economic recovery. Jamaica airmarks $2.7 billion for Border Patrol vessels and equipment. Guyana to build two large hydro power plants in coming years. And Motherland Festival in the capital of reggaeton San Juan, Puerto Rico set for April 23rd and 24th. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, February 18th. We start a report today in Puerto Rico. The Associated Press reports that public employees shut down streets in Puerto Rico's capital Friday to demand better pay and pensions. The crowd held up signs reading, Fair Wages Now. It echoed across Puerto Rico in recent weeks as government employees and supporters take to the streets emboldened by thousands of public school teachers who abandoned classrooms in early February to demand raises and better pensions. Legislatures are the only public workers in Puerto Rico who have an automatic cost of living increase for their salaries. Most of the U.S. territory's other public employees have not gotten pay raises in more than a decade, sometimes two, as the cost of living has risen and the island has suffered a lengthy economic crisis and a government bankruptcy in the aftermath of deadly hurricanes, earthquakes, and the pandemic. Power and water bills are nearly 60% higher in Puerto Rico than the U.S. average. Groceries are 18% more expensive than on the mainland, although health care and housing costs, among others, are lower, according to the island's Institute of Statistics. Marcia Rivera, an economics and sociologist whose research focuses largely on poverty and inequality, quality said government workers are grappling with rising prices while getting the same salary they had in 2008. In an attempt to quell the teachers' demonstrations, Governor Perlusi promised teachers a $1,000 monthly increase just days after 70% of them walked out of their classroom in a protest earlier this month. He expanded the offer to school principals, regional superintendents, and others just days later. Shortly after, he promised a $500 monthly increase for firefighters and a 30% raise for paramedics. In related news, Ryder News reports that thousands of Haitian garment workers protested in Port-au-Prince on Thursday to demand higher wages following weeks of similar demonstrations over pay and working conditions at firms that export to the United States clothing retailers. For decades, Haiti has promoted itself as a center for clothing manufacturing thanks to the low wages and proximity to the U.S. markets, but has faced consistent complaints that wages are too low to cover the cost of basic goods in the Caribbean nation. Workers are seeking a raise that would take their daily wage of 1,500 gourds U.S. $15 from the current wage of 500 gourds or 5 U.S. dollars, union leader Dominique St. Eloy said in a telephone interview. With 500 gourds per day, without any government subsidies, we cannot meet our needs while the prices of basic goods transportation costs have increased, said St. Eloy, coordinator for the National Union of Haitian Workers. St. Eloy said that if factory managers did not respond, they would ask Haiti's government to raise the minimum wage. 
Protesters first congregated around the Sonapi Industrial Park and then later gathered along a nearby road after police dispersed them with tear gas. The Association of Industries in Haiti, the country's main manufacturing trade group, did not immediately respond to a request for comment. A spokesperson for the office of the Prime Minister, Ariel Henry, said Henry was working on the issue with the High Council of Salaries, which recommends changes to the minimum wage, and that he had met on Tuesday with industry leaders about the issue. A group of U.S. Congress members in November said they were asking the head of 62 American companies that import garments from Haiti for information on protections in place for workers employed by their companies and suppliers. Similar protests have taken place in recent weeks at Haitian factories, which have for years seen waves of protests over low salaries. In response to wage hike demands in 2017, Haiti's government and manufacturing leaders said salary increases would make them less competitive and lead to companies to move operations to neighboring Dominican Republic or Central America. The St. Kitts Nevis Observer reports that the International Monetary Fund, IMF, have concluded that Antigua and Barbuda's economic framework is improving following its virtual visit with authorities between February 7th and 11th. The visit, which was led by Varapat Chenvastije, reviewed the country's economic development and policy priorities. Antigua and Barbuda suffered a 20.2% cut in its gross domestic product in 2020, which was the sharpest reduction in GDP since 2009's global financial crisis, in which it recorded a 12% decline. In its report, the IMF noted that the real GDP grew by an estimated 4.8% in 2021 and project a 7% expansion in 2022, underpinned by a sustained recovery in tourism and construction activity. Two-thirds of the country's GDP before the pandemic was in the services sector, with industry making up to 21%. Antigua and Barbuda is one of the few countries which offers a citizenship by investment program with the country's passport providing visa fee access to 150 countries. Two-thirds of the population has been fully vaccinated, which is among the highest rates in the Caribbean. However, a prolonged pandemic with a supply chain disruption could drag on the recovery at the same time as wage and price pressures bill, the IMF report stated, on the threats to the country's fiscal recovery. Jamaica Information Service reports that the ability of the Jamaica Defense Force to monitor and safeguard the country's border will be strengthened in the new financial year. The government has allocated $2.7 billion in the 2022-2023 estimates of expenditures to facilitate the procurement of radar, marine offshore patrol vessels, cameras, software, hardware, and other equipment. This will be done under the purchase and overhaul of ship's coastal surveillance project. For this fiscal year, the money will go towards making final contractual payments for one ship while a deposit will be made on another vessel. It will also be used to continue the procurement of 
coastal surveillance equipment required for securing Jamaica's borders. Up to December 2021, two marine patrol vessels were procured. The project, which is being financed from the Consolidation Fund, falls under the Ministry of National Security and is slated to end in March 2023. The estimates will be considered by the Standing Finance Committee of the Jamaican House beginning March 1st. In related news, Jamaica Information Service also reports that the government of Jamaica has earmarked $2.2 billion to improve cybersecurity initiatives and purchase telecommunication equipment for security forces. The project to facilitate the security forces' enhanced use of technology to ensure national security. For the 2022-23 fiscal year, the money will be used to procure cameras and other hardware and software to support Jamaica Eye, which leverages the network of closed-circuit television cameras across the island to detect and deter criminal activity. The program is being financed from the Consolidated Fund and falls under the Ministry of National Security. The estimates will be considered by the Standing Finance Committee of the House beginning on March 1st. Crider News reports that the government of Guyana has announced plans to pursue not only one but two large hydropower plants in the coming years as a part of its transition to a grid that is powered by renewable energy sources. This disclosure was made on Thursday by Guyana's Prime Minister Mark Phillips, who holds the energy portfolio for the government during his address to the International Energy Conference in Expo 2022, which wraps up today at the Marriott International Hotel. The Prime Minister was at the time outlining Guyana's three-phase approach in its transition towards renewable energy. According to Prime Minister Phillips, from this year, the government of Guyana is aiming to use a combination of natural gas together with the realization of the Amalia Falls hydroelectric power and a significant expansion of solar power. He told conference delegates between 2027 and 2030, the administration would be looking towards the continued replacement of heavy fuel oil together with the expansion of wind and solar to be complemented with the construction of a second Amalia Fall hydroelectric type hydro project. The third phase, he disclosed, would see future expansion being determined by the prevailing market conditions, including use of new technologies such as hydrogen, still in its early development stage. According to Prime Minister Phillips, clean energy and energy efficiency continues to play an essential part in Guyana's energy transformation, and his government remains committed to providing affordable, stable, and reliable energy to benefit all, while reducing the country's dependency on imported fossil fuels. According to Prime Minister Phillips, the new energy mix will lead to the installation of some 500 megawatts of capacity to meet the expected tripling of demand for electricity by 2025. According to the Prime Minister, with the Gas to Shore Initiative, which is also expected to complement the installed capacity by some 300 megawatts, will result in substantial cost savings for power generation while reducing electricity costs for consumers.
PGA Tour reports that when the PGA Tour arrives for the 14th plane of the Puerto Rico Open in less than two weeks, not only will many of the best players in the world be competing on the championship course at the Grand Reserve Golf Club, but they'll be kicking off the first of several elite championships that are combining to make island golf history. Following the Puerto Rico Open, the U.S. Women Amateur Four Ball Championship will be played at Grand Reserve April 20 to 24, 2022. This marks the first time a United States Golf Association championship is being held outside of the U.S. mainland in a U.S. territory. Making it three extraordinary golf events in less than 12 months will be the 2023 Latin America Amateur Championship to be held January 12 and 15, 2023 at Grand Reserve. Like the USGA Women's Four Ball, this will be the first time the Latin America Amateur Championship will be held in Puerto Rico. The tournament champion will receive an invitation to compete in the 2023 Masters Tournament in Augusta National Golf Club and the 151st opening at Royal Liverpool in England. Meanwhile, the 2022 Puerto Rico Open is poised to crown yet another exceptional champion amid the island's tropical splendor. The Puerto Rico Open is earing on golf channel Thursday through Sunday of tournament week. Specific times will be announced. And finally, Grateful Web reports that Visionary Ally and Event Horizons Entertainment are proud to announce the inaugural Motherland Festival making its debut of the home of reggaeton, San Juan, Puerto Rico, on April 23rd and 24th. Intent on featuring acts who represent the history of the genre, this specific lineup reveals some of the scene's biggest names, along with its most exciting new artists. From superstar Nicky Jam to new school favorites like Neo Garcia, international acts like Becky G and Bless, two deep-rooted classics like Tigo Calderon, the Motherland Festival will have it all. Reggaeton's humble beginnings were developed by native Puerto Rican performers influenced by native African rhythms like bomba, plena, and salsa. Reggaeton has been a part of Puerto Rico's culture for over 30 years, gaining worldwide popularity like no other Latin music genre and becoming the most popular dance rhythm in the world. Motherland Festivals is designed as a musical journey intended to educate the audience with a carefully curated lineup that will visit from the original classics to the new school hits. Attendees will get the true authentic experience of Latin urban music in the capital of reggaeton San Juan. The festival will also work as a platform for local and international artists to promote their music in reggaeton's most important market, Puerto Rico. The organizer's vision is to make Motherland a traveling festival, spreading the authenticity of Puerto Rican culture and rhythms to cities worldwide. Early bird tickets will go on sale today, February 18th, beginning at 12 noon Eastern Time. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, February 18th. I'm Keisha Wallace, thanking you for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news. Be sure to spread the word to family, friends, and associates. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, now Meta. <music>